Welcome to the Incremental Revival Podcast, a podcast of Grace Church of Rancho Cucamonga, where our goal is to help you, our church members, better understand the what and the why behind all we do as a church. My name is Michael Shera. I am here with Pastor Eric Durso, and today we are talking about a culture of truth-telling, because mm, this is what yeah. you... Spoke. This is what you preached on Ephesians four twenty five. Putting away falsehood and telling the truth, speaking the truth. Yeah, there's there was more to say than what I said. I feel like there's obviously the concept of truth and the culture of truth telling and what is required in a church to cultivate that. There was more to be said than just in the sermon. Um, so like. I was, 50 minutes uh, wasn't enough for you. Huh? No, 47 minutes, not enough. If I had 54, like my usual Man. amount of time, would have got it all in. Who knows what you could have done. <laughs> um, I did try to go a little bit speedier this last Sunday than normally I do. Um, it's a big it wasn't margin. that it's much speedier. It's a big percentage speedier. <laughs> it wasn't that much speedier. But actually, the stuff that I thought was worth talking about on this podcast wouldn't really even fit in the sermon anyway. Right. I just think it's just part of a big conversation of developing this culture of truth telling. And um, I, I think, I think, what do you think, Michael? I think. Who's asking the questions here? I think truth telling is really far more radical than we think it is. Like you think of, okay, tell the truth. Okay. You know, I won't lie. And we think, of course, oh, I don't really do that much of that anyway. It's kind of the easy command. But when you really start to think of what is going into this whole idea of you should not be committed to any kind of falsehood, practice any kind of deceit, you ought to be a truth teller, putting away all falsehood. Yeah, that's, uh, that's far more radical than we realize. There, from your sermon yesterday. You made clear there are more ways we neglect to and avoid and intentionally do not tell the truth. Because the command there is speak the truth. It's not just don't lie. Yeah. Right? And it says put away falsehood, yep. which is broader than just don't fabricate. You know, the black and white category of what you might call a lie or not. Right. And so, yeah, it's it's pretty radical and it's confronting and convicting. Because sometimes we we just leave things out. Sometimes we spin stories. Sometimes we are aiming to impress others. And so we want to present the best, hide yeah. the bad. I mean, think of think of if all our lives are like Instagram feeds. That's kind of what we li- we'd like to do. I've never we, seen Instagram. What is that? Instagram is this website <laughs> where you you can World Wide Web, www.instagram.com. And the com stands for something that I don't know. But if you visit that um, web page, then you will see images, pictures that people have taken mm-hmm. and posted. And they never post pictures of the hard times. Um, they post their highlights, right? So... That's sometimes what we do in life. We're trying to show people the highlights. It's embellished. Act, act it's as polished if, over. Yeah, polishing our lives, 
polishing our appearance. So we show up to church and we want to put on the best uh, face and act as if we are a certain person. Yeah. And so what came out clearly in your sermon yesterday was if we're going to be telling the truth, truth tellers, there's a lot of areas we got to be speaking truly about. Yeah. Yeah. Ourselves, circumstances, problems in life, good things in life, hard things in life, and so on. Yeah, there's a commitment to raw honesty. Yeah. Um, to uh, one of the the words. Not like slap you across the face, rude honesty, but no. raw honesty. You're talking more about yourself. Yeah. Speak that, like, put away all falsehood. I think the main idea is, yeah, let go of living the lie, let go of put away. Um, acting as if you're a perfect person, acting as if your way is best. It is connected to the previous section where he's talking about the pagan lifestyle and the former manner of life. And now he's like, okay, now that you've learned Christ, put away falsehood. So everything that was part of that old life that was false, all the false worship, all the posturing, all the pride that you built yourself up, all that needs to go. Now you just got to be honest. Be honest about who you really are before God. Be honest about who you really are before your fellow man, before your brothers and sisters. Yeah. Be honest about how what you need. Be honest. So it's good. Yeah. So I, I hope we develop a culture of, of truth telling. And I, I want to talk about the culture of truth telling in a minute, but I would just think I want to point out one thing and you can tell me if I'm right or wrong that a culture of truth-telling and the reality of being able to speak the truth comes from the truth of the gospel yep. and the reality of the false way of thinking about how perhaps we can be made right with God that we might have had before to the real way that we're made right with God by the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ and the change that that produces in our lives um, enables us to tell the truth because we realize humbly really how wretched we are before the Lord and how much grace and mercy mercy he lavishes. I was getting into the word lavish there a little too mercy. soon. <laughs> lavishes upon us and shows us that helps us to walk in the light rather than mm -hmm. walk in the dark. Yeah. Um, and provides a real and lasting safety net that it's okay if we're known because Christ himself knows all about us and yet has decided to love us. God has shown us such immense love because of our ugliness and our sin. Yeah, he sees it and he's drawn in compassion to help. And that's what grace is. Um, but yeah, I tried to at one point in the message make that connection explicit. Like the gospel actually frees us from the impulse to lie. Yep. And because the impulse to lie about ourselves and our condition is fundamentally, a, it's self-protecting, it's mm -hmm. selfish, it's self-exalting. And so if I think I need to, um, I can deal with my, my sins by hiding them. I can deal with my shame by covering it. I can deal with my... Uh, lust for glory by fabricating things. 
That means I'm looking for my sins to be covered, my shame to be hid in my own glory through my own efforts. And that means I'm not trusting Jesus for those things. But once I really get the gospel, that Jesus will cover my sins, that Jesus will remove my shame, that Jesus will one day bring me into his own glory, he will give me a glorified body, a glorified state. Then if I'm trusting Jesus for those things, then I don't need to try to get them for myself right now. He's going to give them to me. And so I can entrust myself entirely to him and, and stop the lies, give mm-hmm. up the falsehood. Um, so yeah, to the degree that we grasp the gospel and the fullness of Christ's um, gift to us in, in the salvation we have, I think is the degree we'll be less gripped by the temptation to lie and more free to be totally real and honest with each other and not posturing and just mm-hmm. being open and yeah. The gospel produces real humility in our lives. So that's a real foundation for a culture of truth telling. Of uh, And so help us understand beyond just that understanding and grasping the gospel so that it affects our living. How can we develop a culture of truth telling of risky, bold, even honesty? You added um, bold into that. I, I just called it risky honesty. Do you want think, to rename it like risky, bold honesty? I mean, yeah, if you like that. Risky, bold. Risky, bold, brutal, <laughs> raw, as you said. You Very get, good. There's lots of adjectives we could go down. Sorry, yeah. I didn't mean to interject too many off of the script here. Uh, so walk us through kind of what that might look like, though, to develop this culture. So, yeah, first, it's what we've already said. It's getting your gospel rooted identity and just knowing that you're forgiven, knowing you're in Christ, knowing that you're no longer defined by your past or your struggles or your sin. And if you have that reality really rooted, then you're, you're free from lying and you'll be eager to tell the truth. Just be honest. Um, but there's another side of it that, again, I didn't get to talk about it much in the sermon. I mentioned this to the training year guys at the service review, but the importance of the other side of the coin, if you have a culture of truth telling, then there's, there's one thing that could really crush that culture and crush it rather quickly. Hmm. It's how do we respond when people tell the truth? Yeah. Like, let's say there is someone who has been for the last three years, a committing private and secret sin. And they hear a sermon or they have a conversation or they're listening to something and they're just convicted and they realize I can't keep doing this private sin. It's got to go. And they go, they set up a meeting, they set up an appointment with, with you, let's say you, the lay person. Hey, I'd like to get together over coffee. Let's talk. I got, I got to share something with you. They're not even coming to the pastor yet. Let's just say that they're coming to you and they say, Hey, listen, this is what's gone on. This is what I've done. This is what it's looked like. If the response to that is, I can't believe it. I can't understand it. I don't know what to do about that. Um, and like, almost maybe some kind of rejection, yeah, of the individual, some kind of rejection and push them away. That's gonna 
result in like, hey, not trying that again. You know, if I got a problem, I'm going to keep that hidden. But even more than that, if the culture, the vibe, the tincture, as we like to say, mm. of the churches, we have these kind of high expectations of each other. There's nobody kind of, can fail. Nobody can fail. Um, there's a, a air of self-righteousness. We're not like those other people. We could never do that. That's a culture where sins don't get confessed. Mm. Because if we spend so much time looking down on those other sinners in different churches who do these other things or outside the church, that's a culture where we've lost touch with our own need over the Savior and we've lost touch with our own sin that needs to be put off. Yeah. And it's a fake culture. Yeah. It's a it's not gospel uh saturated. And it's really hard to tell the truth in that culture mm-hmm. because everybody's out of touch with reality. And so if you're in touch with reality and you tell the truth about your own struggle, everyone goes, <gasps> and they, they think that they have never struggled like that at all. So the culture of this humility where everyone recognizes their great need, everyone recognizes that Jesus is the only savior. Everyone recognizes the presence of, of indwelling sin. We're not above confessing sin. There should be the reality that nobody in the church is above confessing sin or asking for help in some way. If you're a parent, it's even more important that that's true in your life. If you're a parent, it's even more apparent. That your kids don't see you make mistakes or I say parent, a parent. Is that what I said? (laughs) By golly. Uh, It was clever. Your your kids see you make mistakes and maybe even yeah yes probably sin against them at some point and if you're just going to act like mom and dad don't have to apologize to you nothing's happened no no we have the high ground here because we're in control like what a false witness and damaging for your kids as they understand what it means to be a christian yeah isn't it most? and that's true in our relationships as well so so refreshing and sometimes for people startling when they hear someone they respect and and like, whoa, I you know, want to be like that person. And then that person confesses sin or that person mm-hmm. talks about their own desire to change and what you know areas of life they're working on. Um, I remember when my kids were even younger than they are now saying, dad, you don't really sin. <laughs> like, dad, come on. Because I would mention, you know, the Lord has forgiven my sin. I'm so mm. thankful. You know, sometimes I have to confess my sins and they say, dad, what do you do? What do you, what do you sin? They're like, I have no concept for dad sinning. Yeah. And, um, and, but when I, I say that, I, I hope what it does is it creates in their mind a category for, no, we're all working on growing in Christ. We all have sins to put away different parts of our old life that need to be removed and replaced. And, um, so yeah, the, the the idea is, in other words, I guess what we're getting at is to develop a culture of truth-telling, it's more than just, hey, everybody tell the truth. That's yeah. part of it. It's it's also, are we the kind of people who are gracious with sinners and not judgmental? Are we the kind of people who will be forbearing with people? Um, or or how, about, how about this situation? As someone who gets caught in sin. Mm. And they, maybe they didn't even volunteer it. They got caught and finally it comes to light. How do we treat them? Do we ostracize them? Do we kick them out immediately? 
Or do we lovingly and gently and graciously, patiently plead for their repentance and then welcome them them when they are repentant and restore them, eager to restore them? Yeah. Uh, Because if we're not humble and we're proud, we will have, we won't want to restore them. We'll leave them on the outs. Not, you you can't be a part of us. Look, you, you sinned as if we Mm -hmm. haven't. Um, It's like the primary qualification. I recognize you are a sinner. Yeah. And then trust in Christ. Yeah. So, yeah, this culture of truth telling. There's some things, some things we wrote down here to be um, working at it in our church. What can we do to work at this culture of honesty and openness and grace and truth, truthfulness? We've talked about humility. Are you talking about humility? Oh, the other one I, I just think is really important is the um, importance of being present. In people's yeah. lives, I think like I think of Paul when he he wrote to certain people. Sometimes he told them, "I really long to see you face to face." That he had a desire to really be with the people he loved, and doing that creates this. I care about you. I'm in your life. I know you. You know me, and that relational equity is built, and credibility, and willingness to then just share life together. And the more we share all these other areas of our lives in, in openness, hopefully then we can share the harder parts of our life as yep. well. Absolutely. So, so being involved, being around, being present, talking to people face-to-face, real relationships is all part of this culture development. Church is so much more than the 90 minutes we spend in service together. Yes. It must be. Yeah. Um, you got to be interested in people. Yeah. To develop a culture like this. I mean, to, to develop any of what we see a, a biblical church culture to be, you have to be interested in people and care about people. Yeah. To ask real questions. Yeah. To offer up real answers about yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Bore, being bored um, in this world, I think, is wrong because God made an incredible world and to look at it and see nothing that is exciting um, is, is to be blind, blind to the reality on that vein to look at people and see nothing of any interest is to be absolutely blind. Mm. God is each person is a, is an incredibly complex story that God is telling that will ultimately this person will last forever in all eternity. Um, and so to not be interested in that these stories that God is telling through the lives of these people is is wrong. <laughs> like mm-hmm. so so to create a culture of truth telling, we want to be people people. Like we really are interested yeah. in people. We want to be concerned about how they're doing, what they're going, what's going on. Yeah. I got a C.S. Lewis quote that I got to read. Hit it with us. Hit us with it. Hit it with us. <laughs> I'm struggling on a Monday hit the afternoon. quote with the people who are listening. Hit us with the quote. Okay. Um, it's in the, it's from his message, the weight of glory. He, it was a message he preached in a church Mm. and it's the very final part. And uh, I'll read, it's a little bit of a longer quote, but I think you'll, uh, you'll appreciate it. Just say end quote when you're done. So we don't think it's you talking. (laughs) I, I, it'd be nice to take credit for this quote. Do you want to go with a British accent or can't? It would merge from British to Australian uh, back to American. (laughs) Um, Okay, C.S. Lewis, quote, 
It is a serious thing to live in a society of possible gods and goddesses, to remember that the dullest and most uninteresting person you can talk to may one day be a creature which, if you saw it now, you would be strongly tempted to worship, or else a horror and a corruption such as you now meet, if only at all, in nightmares. All day long, we are, in some degree, helping each other to one or the other of these destinations. It is in the light of these overwhelming possibilities. It is with the awe and the circumspection proper to them that we should should conduct all our dealings with one another, all our friendship, all loves, all play, all politics. Listen to this. This is, this is the, the high point. Ready? There are no... That was a pause quote. Yeah. There are no ordinary people. Mm. You have never talked to a mere mortal Nations, cultures, arts, civilizations, these are mortal, and their life is to ours as the life of a gnat. But it is immortals whom we joke with, work with, marry, snub, and exploit immortal horrors or everlasting splendors. End quote. End quote. That is such a remarkable quote that reminds you that eternity is not just a thing but eternal souls yeah, and so, everybody possesses one. And those two stark realities um, are stark and jarring when you consider them side by side. Yeah. So you've never talked to a mortal and, and the, the, this is an image bearer of a holy God. And this person will last when all civilizations have come and gone, that person will still be in existence. Yeah. And you as an image bearer have the opportunity to impact that soul that eternal yeah. soul. And so um, to develop a culture of truth telling and openness and honesty, we, we really got to take each other seriously. We're, we are all immortals. We are all image bearers. We are all incredibly significant in God's story. And so to be really interested in others is, is important. Absolutely. Absolutely. You need to be reliable. Mm-hmm. It's not likely that somebody's going to share hard, vulnerable, perhaps even self-disparaging things with you if you're not somebody that they feel like they can depend on. Yeah. That they might be able to have some sense of real and innate trust with. Um, pe- people who are not reliable and who speak poorly about those they interact with and who are not faithful friends aren't don't receive the honor of being spoken to honestly because they can't be trusted with the truth sometimes. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. So being reliable includes like your trustworthiness, also your ability to help. Can you actually do anything to help them? Um, and at the very least, will you just listen and then be gone or will you continue on with them? Like uh, you're going to, I'm going to feel like I can open up to you if I know you're going to be gentle you're with me when I'm vulnerable mm-hmm. and you're going to walk with me. You're going to help me through this. You're going to ask about it. You're going to follow up. Yeah. You're going to come find me. Which relates to the next one, which is just being available. So if you're yeah. so busy, some I think I mentioned this in the biblical counseling course seminar, but some people are, it's like their pastime is to talk about how busy they are. And they uh they they kind of give off the vibe 
I've got so much going on. So much going on. I can't hardly make it here. And man, if if I had any free time, I'd you know spend it doing this. But life's hard, and and they're just on and on. And what people hear is, oh, I, I wouldn't want to inconvenience them. Mm. Like I don't want to ask them for help. I know you already got so much. They've on They've got plate. too much on their plate. They couldn't handle me. Yeah, <laughs> and um, so so yeah, so. How how can you organize your life or even present yourself as someone who's ready to help and available? No one should be too busy to be interested in people like we spoke of a moment. Yeah. yeah. Even if you are busy. Yeah. And we all, we all are busy. We all are. Um, and then patient with people. You know, if you're, so necessary. If you're not patient, this is going to lead to not being really reliable. If you're not patient, you're not really going to be compassionate. You're not really going to be humble. Um, you're going to become frustrated yeah. because people don't change on our timetables that we think make sense. Yeah. It can be a slow process. Yeah. So it is a slow process. Yeah. So the more patient of a person you are, the more people will feel welcome to come to you with your problems, their, their problems. Cause they're going to say, he's not going to come down on me all hard and, you know, He's not going to be rough and tumble with me. He's going to walk with me and be patient. Wow. Was that the alarm? It was a phone call. Okay. You just ignored. Um, And so that's what we wanted to do. We brought this up in service review that if we are really going to take, if we really are going to try to encourage our church to speak the truth, be honest, risky honesty, um, then we also need to work toward developing a culture of being able to receive the truth well and listen well and be compassionate and be present and be interested. Be the kind of people strugglers can be honest with. Yeah. And they know they won't be turned away. Like give off that kind of be be approachable, ready to help. That was your phone again. Maybe you should answer it. I'll get it later. Thanks for listening this week. See you next time. See you next time. After Michael answers his phone.